Hey, Nerd Herders, you're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I recap and analyze the ninth episode of Chuck, Chuck versus the Imported Hard Salami. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Go Chuck Podcast and email us at GoChuckYourselfPodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget you don't need a supercomputer in your head to like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You just need one in your hand. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Look, Nerd Herders, I'm going to level with you here. You can picture me spinning my chair around so I'm sitting on it backwards. As you know, Aaron and I have been recording this show over video chat and so the past few episodes have sounded a little tinny at points. Uh, I have bad news and I have good news. The bad news is that this episode that you're about to hear might sound the most robotic uh, and digital of them all. The good news is that we have since resolved our recording issues and the future episodes are going to sound a lot crisper from this point on. Um, This was still a very fun episode to record, so I still think it's worth a listen and I hope you enjoy it, but I just wanted to be upfront with you so that you knew that we know. You know? Anyhow, here we go! Episode 9, welcome to Go Chuck Yourself, welcome to all of the green shirts out there, welcome to the white shirts, welcome to the purple shirts, welcome to the yellow shirts, Uh, welcome to the uh, brown shirts, welcome to the gray shirts, welcome to the beige shirts, welcome to the, the light green shirts, welcome to all the shirts. Everyone is welcome here. This is Go Chuck Yourself. My name is Chris Gillespie, and as always, I am joined by the underdog queen of the nerds herself, Erin Arata. Wow, I don't even have to do anything. I can just let you do this episode. That's right. I'll take it from here. Thanks for joining us, Erin. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I'll kind of take it from here, do the whole episode by myself. Um, Yeah, so here we are, finally doing episode nine, Chuck. Uh, versus the imported hard salami that is the title that is the title and we are here uh it has been a long journey getting to this moment because a little fun fact we were trying to record this episode last week and i managed to uh to really kind of screw that up i forgot my password for the video conferencing software that we use to record and i i was really uh just trying to power myself through it, and I kept in, kept on putting the wrong password in until my account was locked. So there was no way for us to feasibly do the show last week because of me, but I resolved the password issue. We're back, super Woo! excited, and uh, we're, we're really rearing to go. I'm standing up. I don't usually stand up for these recordings, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand up for the entire episode, standing room only. That's what this episode is going to be called. It's going to be called Chuck versus the standing room only section. That's, I mean, that's kind of appropriate. They do go to a club. That's right. They do go to a club. And uh, I'm not currently in a club. I am still, although I am standing, I am still in my bedroom, uh, which is where I record the episodes. I don't know why that's relevant. I don't know why I thought to share that. Uh, Very intimate detail. Very intimate. Most weeks I, when I'm recording, I am uh, in my bed, I uh, have all my sheets and covers on. I'm actually make like a little teepee over myself and record under my sheets. That's really uh, cute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Erin knows this because she uh, video chats with me, so she sees what's going on. But this time, I'm standing up, really amped up. I got uh, my uh, <laughs> trimmed my nose hairs before this Ooh, recording. You yeah. are you're ready for go check yourself today. I'm really ready to go get chucked. How are you feeling? I yeah, I'm uh I'm feeling ready for that imported hard salami. Uh that All was right, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> I I thought I'd try it out and then I did not. I was not happy with the salami. Um, but <laughs> I am ready to go. I did not trim my nose hairs. I didn't realize it was that kind of party, but I could uh uh in the break I'll go I'll go get them trimmed real quick. I, I would appreciate it. It is kind of distracting how long your nose hairs are. Um, I do have a few quick things 
Before we start, uh, in addition to the few quick things that have already happened, uh, I have some feedback from some listeners that I wanted to, uh, to share, specifically uh, some dad listeners. So if you Dads. will indulge me in a uh, dad update corner right now. Um, so <clears throat> this first update comes from uh, my father, who listened to the first episode of our show, as most people have. Uh, and by most people, I mean a very small percentage of humans on the planet. My, my mother, your mother, very small percentage. My dad listened to the first episode and he was confused because he wanted to know why you and I were talking so fast, <laughs> which I didn't think we, we talk extra fast, but as it turns out, he was listening to it at 1.5 speed. <laughs> so he wrapped up that episode in a cool 40 minutes, which is the shortest amount of time that I think that episode has been completed. Um, and he realized that after he was done listening that it was at 1.5 speed, so... We're uh, very skilled. We would be so skilled if we could talk at 1.5 speed just naturally. Do you want to try it? I would love to try it. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? It's pretty good, Chris. Good, I'm doing well. How are you? You already asked me that. You want to talk about Chuck? <laughs> that was my laugh. Right, the pitch would go up if we're talking faster. Uh, the pitch would go up if we're talking faster. <laughs> what if we talk really slow so if someone listens fast... It's so really annoying. Really annoying. All right, now that we've now that we've lost some listeners, uh, <laughs> the other feedback from the dad, the dadosphere, if you will, is that uh, Catherine's father, uh, who, if you listen to, uh, I believe last week's episode of the show, uh, he was under the impression that the show is called "Go Touch Yourself." <laughs> Which the show is not called Go Touch Yourself. Oh, we're um, we're thinking about it. We're thinking about changing the name. <laughs> oh, we're thinking about changing the name. I thought you were thinking of something. Oh, no. Very sexually charged uh, episode coming from my end over here. Yeah, I mean, I trim my nose hairs. And look, all of a sudden, <laughs> the chemistry is just wild. Oh, man. Uh, so Catherine's dad thought that it was called Go Touch Yourself. Uh, he listened to the episode. Um, once he realized that was called Go Chuck Yourself, he, he felt more uh, welcomed by it. <laughs> and he, uh, he listened to the first half of the episode and described it as, quote, cute, end quote. So I have, a, I have a question about this. Did he not continue because he didn't like it? Or did he just like run out of time? Did he, did he explain this at all to you? Uh, he did not, but I think we could take a pretty educated <laughs> guess. <laughs> Thanks for calling us cute, Catherine's dad. Yeah, if you're listening at this point, which uh, I'm sure you're probably not, and that's okay, but we appreciate it. Uh, I think we're pretty cute, too. Um, speaking of people who are cute, uh, I, I had one of my patented uh, ride the bus for a really long time while editing episodes of Go Chuck Yourself. And uh, I have a, a pretty startling revelation to share. Oh, no, what is it? So... Uh, if, if you listen to a previous episode, I mentioned that I was on a bus with someone who uh, was watching Chuck, not me, someone else was watching Chuck, and that was kind of a crazy experience because I was listening to this show uh, extensively on my bus ride, uh, but this time around, they were playing a different movie. It was not The Intern, starring Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, but it was Jobs, starring oh. Pitcher, okay. which is a Steve Jobs biopic. Yes. Um, which I watched on mute as I listened to an episode of this. And um, oddly enough, you know who is in Jobs? Who is in Jobs? It's Chuck's own Scott Krink uh, Krinksky. Oh my God, really? Yeah. What does he do? Well, I guess you wouldn't know. I, could, I do know, as a matter oh. of fact. Um, he plays a businessman um, who, while well, Steve Jobs is very young, and is presenting like the first model for an Apple computer at like a conference. Um, Scott plays a man who thinks Steve Jobs is crazy and he walks out of the room. Wow. You and go, that was, Scott. That was the extent of his role. It took me a very long time to find that on uh, IMDB. He's pretty low on the list. Not the, not the bottom character, but his character does not have a name. It's only uh, 
like businessman. That's that's great. I'm I'm happy he's still he's still getting getting those roles. How did his hair look? Uh the same. Okay. Yeah. Just about. So uh So we can assume that after his uh his tenure at the Bymore ended, that was the role that he got? Or before. Maybe it was before. Because jobs would have taken place in the nineties and Chuck takes place in the early two thousands. So maybe this is his backstory. Well, this would have, the scene that he was in was in, like, I would wager the late 70s, early 80s. So he's aged really well. It's all the alcohol. That's how that works. Right. All right. So we've established what alcohol does. That you are standing. I'm standing. I'm going to be standing for this entire episode. You have no way of proving this, listeners at home, but I'll have Aaron confirm it. I will. Aaron would not lie to you. (laughs) As if we don't lie every episode. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, Casey has a very good line about lying, which we will, we will get to. We will. We'll get to it uh, right after this quick musical interlude. Hang tight. song gets me every time folks every time we're back with emotional go chuck yourself yeah i mean it starts doing the the thing that it does and then it does the other thing that it does and then my voice comes in and then we start talking it's really yeah i'm gonna make it my ringtone i have it my my alarm that wakes me up in the morning this it just it gets me going every time (laughs) here's a i here's a good question i've never asked you do you know the name of the artist that performs that song uh no not off the top of my head no Interesting. I guess you uh, don't listen to the the outros of these episodes, huh? I do not. Or read the the episode descriptions. It's like I don't even know you anymore. I uh, do do as I say, not as I do. Listeners of the podcast, it's it's had a had a cow. How do you say this? Well, if you listen to the outro of the episode, do you know that it's had a koa? Do you know what the name of the song is? Yeah, I do actually. Okay. Uh... <laughs> It is, um, you know, war- warm up. Warm up. Yeah. Warm up is the name of the song. You're so good at guessing parts of the show. Yeah, I am. And uh, I, I remember it because it's kind of like, it's our warm up as well. Like it's, we're warming up our audience. We're warming up ourselves. We're, we're getting ready to go. I would argue that the entire episode is a warm up. For the better podcast that other people could be listening to after this. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, like, if you think about it, we never really take off. (laughs) It's true. But gosh darn it, we're going to try this time around. We're two loose cannon cops with nothing to lose. Just like R.I.P.D. Just like R.I.P.D., that classic film that we discussed in a previous episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. So many references to other episodes that people have not heard. Anyhow, this is an episode that you will hear because you are currently listening to it. So let's dive in to Chuck versus the imported hard salami. Um, and I'll Diving say, right into that salami. Just be careful though, you might become paralyzed because that's such hard salami. It's very hard. Do not dive head first. We open with another recap. I genuinely like recaps, they always, they're always fun. They always let me know what's coming in the episode, so that's fun. And to set the scene in this particular recap, we are reminded that uh, Chuck and Sarah broke up. Yes. Last week they broke up. And I got really upset, like seeing it all condensed like that. I was, I was feeling it. I was a little sad. Um, we move right along from there. The episode proper starts in Helsinki, Finland at some kind of shipping yard. There's a container with a kind of time sensitive package inside it. We don't find out for sure what's in the package, but we're led to believe it's a bomb. We cut immediately to Morgan working at a customer service desk. Someone asks him for help and he begins counting down on his watch until a few seconds pass. And then he's like, sorry, I'm on a break. And I bring this up only because did you see the woman he was talking to and what she was wearing? I did not. She has like a tweed skirt and like, she's like an adult woman, but she's wearing pigtails. And she looked like one of the elves from the Santa Claus, but like an adult. And it was really weird. I wish this uh, terrible customer service was the worst thing that Morgan did in this episode. Oh, me too. I, yeah, again, we're going to have a lot to say about Morgan. But Chuck tells Morgan he broke up with Sarah. Morgan is dumbfounded by this. 
Sarah shows up and wants to talk to Chuck. So Morgan is left alone with Jeff and Lester, who are kind of like circling like wolves or crows or whatever animal metaphor you want. Um, I kind of, right at the top, I'm going to say a good thing that Morgan does, which I kind of liked because the rest of the episode we're going to be shitting on him. But I, I kind of like how he just like turns around and he like he's been questioning Chuck about breaking up with Sarah, but he immediately has Chuck's back and he tells Jeff and Lester like, no big deal. She just wasn't the right girl for him. Like, I liked that. I liked that he had Chuck's back. So he has one point on the good side. Well, I guess if you count the, well, I guess the bad customer service. So right now he's like at a neutral, like one yeah. plus one negative. Yeah. So as long as like nothing major happens to tip those, <laughs> I'm sure he'll probably be fine. Yeah, he'll be okay. Right. Is this um bef- is this happening as the heavy-handed advertisement for Call of Duty is going on? I did not notice that, so please tell me more. You didn't realize when they were either playing Call of Duty for Modern Warfare or talking about it extensively? Who who's talking about it? Uh, Morgan. To Chuck? Potentially, or it could be Jeff to Lester. I'm not sure, but characters oh, okay, are playing. Okay, I, I, I do kind of remember this now. I and just uh, to know when anyone says Call of Duty, my brain just goes. So. Call of Duty 4, go check it out at your local GameStop in the used game bin for Xbox uh, 360. Uh, you, you're the expert here, but I am the expert on this next scene. Chuck and Sarah are having a conversation about their breakup, as if uh, we have not already been reminded by the recap. We get some reminders, we get a little kind of emotional scene, and I can't decide, so I wanted to get your opinion, if Chuck is being kind of a jerk about the breakup and their whole situation. Um, because on the one hand, like, it's not really Sarah's fault that Chuck developed feelings for her. Like, she's, she's kind of just doing her job. But on the other hand, I kind of do get where Chuck is coming from that, like, he has a life and he should be allowed to, like, fall in love and not just be kept in, like, fake relationship prison. So, I don't know. Where do you think this falls on, like, the bullshit friend zone scale? I think it was not about Chuck breaking up with Sarah. I think there's, like, a lot of larger issues you know, I think maybe the relationship is kind of just standing in for like a general lack of control that Chuck is feeling in his life and in the relationship. Yeah, that's fair. I think what stood out to me is how accurately Sarah turns on the uh, the crying of, yeah. of the tears and everything and how authentic it seemed and how... I really- I love, I love when she kind of like goes into like spy mode, like she like acts, she pulls up a character. I love when she does that and I wish we saw it more. Yeah, it's great. And she nails it because that, um, like having a girl look like that and then walk away from you crying is probably the worst feeling that a man can experience. Uh, so I was like, yep, I'm feeling like garbage and I didn't even do anything to her. Great, great actress. And in, in, uh, the, the character Sarah is a great actress and Yvonne is a great actress. So then... Chuck being the player that he is, not player of Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, <laughs> now only $3.99 at your local grocery store. Um, That's pretty cheap. He goes from Sarah, breaking up with Sarah immediately to his new boo, <laughs> specifically his new boo Lou. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Chuck tells Morgan he has a date. Morgan asks with who, and I don't really know why Chuck doesn't just say, like, the girl you saw me talking to yesterday. I'm not sure that it's been one day, but it like if Morgan doesn't know that Chuck and Sarah have broken up, so it hasn't been that long. But instead, he just refers to her as a deli owner, which is also wild. <laughs> I uh, incidentally, I met with a deli owner today. Did you? I did. Why? Unrelated. <laughs> okay. Was it Rachel Bilson? No, uh, he, and he was, he was not as cute as Rachel Bilson. I wish it was Rachel Bilson because she probably would have been a little bit more approachable than this man who uh, <laughs> was not approachable. But I still had to meet with him today, so there you go. Great, that's nice. Speaking of deli owners, I have the next note that Rachel Bilson does not look like she should be working in a deli at all. Ooh, uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't have, have that vibe. She's just like, I don't know, she doesn't really look like she should be behind the counter. She looks like she's... <laughs> I'm gonna tap out of this. I don't think it's actually offen- like I don't know who that would be offensive to. I guess <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell if you're being like sexist or what the issue is. I really don't know. I just wrote the note to defend you. I agree that she. It's just her, and then like a lot of middle age like Greek yes. guys, maybe. Yeah. So it's just kind of surprising. That's what I was trying to say. She's like she's just glamorous. Okay. 
So Sarah and Casey meet with Beckman. Beckman is like, what the hell happened about Chuck and Sarah's breakup? Casey keeps kind of taunting Sarah and being like, Sarah got dumped. Uh, Beckman is suspicious of Lou, and Sarah says, she has a good line where she says it's not unfeasible that someone would want to date Chuck, which is kind of sweet. We see some of her feelings. Uh, Beckman asks them to find out everything they can about Lou. And then we jump into a scene with Lou and Chuck getting hot and heavy in a nerd herd car. She invites him inside and says she's about to make him a very happy man. We cut to the sound effect of Chuck moaning and saying, you're so good. And then we find out he's just in a deli eating a sandwich. This is my kind of date. So like all of the men, uh, all of the men of OkCupid, like take note, this is, this is what I want. But I want to be the one receiving the sandwich, just to be clear equitability. I also was wondering, so Lou refers to this as them being on a first date. So why were they just like in Chuck's car in the plaza where they both work? Like, had they been to a restaurant before? Had they done something? Or did they just like meet up to make out in the car and then go back into where she had been working all day? Aaron, sometimes you surprise me with your naivete. If you recall from the previous episodes, the love affair be going on between Chuck and Lou is so passionate and so strong that they, their souls are connected on such a, a, a transcendental level that we can't possibly understand. To, for them, they, their souls have known each other for centuries. They don't <laughs> need to go on a first date where they go and they talk about their favorite movie or they talk about you know, where they like to go on vacation or their first job or what have you. They don't need that. They can cut to the who gives a shit, we're making out in a car, and then we're going to go into a deli after hours and make you a sandwich. That's just because that's how strong their love is. And I feel, I feel so bad for you that you can't see that. I've never experienced that kind of passion. My, my love life is just dead. I guess I'll never know. But I would like a sandwich. If I could get, like, a sandwich out of the deal, I would be happy with that. I think you just found your new OkCupid bio or summary or something. <laughs> just wants a sandwich. My life is dead. I could use a sandwich, though. That's it. You'll uh, coming to an OkCupid near you. We have a first for Chuck here, where he flashes on a poster for an event in Lou's Deli, and he doesn't say anything stupid afterwards. So that's character development. He's getting there. He's, he's kind of a normal person, and he just casually asks what the poster is because he flashed on the name Stavros. Lou says Stavros is her ex who owns the place, which I was unclear on if she meant the club that the event was being held in or her deli. And if he doesn't own her deli, I didn't know why she had the poster up. Is there still friends as we go to find out they have like a- I don't really know if they're friends. She doesn't want to hang out with him. They're associates, maybe. Maybe he just made her because he's giving her the, the imported hard salami. Maybe that's part of the arrangement that they work out. Spoiler alert. Um, in the next scene, once again, because their uh, souls are intertwined, apparently, Chuck is calling Lou his girlfriend way too early. They had their first date in the, in the last scene. Okay, Grandma Aaron, it's 2018. Chuck has the relationship timeline of me at age 14 when I sent a man an e-card to celebrate our one-day anniversary. You were 14 and you were dating a man? Uh, we were not dating very long because I sent him an e-card to celebrate our one-day anniversary. Over email? Uh, over MySpace. Hi, Mark. Thanks for listening. Oh, man. This all comes up because Beckman asked Chuck to get close to Stavros. Chuck doesn't know how he can swing getting close to his girlfriend. Spoiler alert, he's going to do it by making an idiot of himself. Um, continuing with this kind of gross plotline that we've established, um, Lester wants to take a crack at Sarah now that she's single. So he goes to the Wienerlicious to try to hit on her. I don't know where Scooter is, which is, uh, I, would, I think he would uh, put a stop to some of this tomfoolery, but Sarah is grossed out by Lester hitting on her and she decides to react to this by being incredibly sexually aggressive. And she like wraps her legs around him and she makes reference to them just having sex on the Wienerlicious counter. And this is apparently the right move because Lester gets freaked out and runs away. Why do you think this worked, Chris? I, I don't think Lester was gonna be able to handle everything that uh, Sarah was throwing at him. I guess not. He knew he was out of his element, he had to tap out. All right, well, I. I respect nothing else about him, but I guess I respect him knowing his limits. It was a crazy play on Sarah's part. It was excellent. Unless if he said yes, that wouldn't have worked out. 
Then she could have like broken his neck or something. Sarah sees Lou and calls her into the Wienerlicious to tell her that Chuck is a great guy and not to hurt him. I think Lou is kind of playing it a little callous here, but maybe it's fair because she's talking to her like new man's ex. She's also a little callous to Morgan when she arrives at the Bymore to give Chuck another sandwich. And I was a little disappointed by Lou because I thought, um, I thought she was really sweet in the last episode. I thought she seemed good. I was very much team Lou, as I said. But in this episode, she's, I don't know, she's a little bit snotty. I'm not as into her. Well, in her defense, doesn't Sarah call her into the Wienerlicious? Like, she's walking by yeah. and then Sarah, like, calls her in and basically threatens her. She didn't really threaten her. She just said, like, Chuck's a nice guy. Don't hurt him. I think it's implied. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Chuck suggests to Lou that they go to the club Stavros owns because Stavros is going to find out about Chuck and Lou sooner or later, which is a really ridiculous line of thinking, but Lou buys it. So Chuck can do his spy stuff, I guess. Um, Casey has a line, which I alluded to earlier in this episode, where he tells Chuck, relax. It's dating in LA. Everyone lies. I can't confirm if that's true just yet. But I want to know from what experience Casey is speaking, and I want to ask him, who hurt you, Casey? Wow, that's really sweet of you, Aaron. Yeah, I just, I'm concerned for his well-being. I had a feeling you were going to hone in on that line. I wrote it down. Great. Yep, you know. I know. Before his date, Chuck uh, is made to wear this electric guitar pin with a mic in it, and he asks Sarah, are you kidding me? I can't wear this which is super funny because he's wearing the worst outfit I've ever seen in my life. And I saw in the beginning of this episode that woman who looked like an elf. So it's worse than that. Well, we know Chuck doesn't have the best sense of style, particularly when he's going out for the evening. If we That's look true. back at the first episode and his terrible outfit when he was going on a date with Sarah, something about going on a date out to like a cool hit place Chuck really struggles with. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of pressure though. I guess so. I think, like, sometimes I feel like his Buy More uniform is better looking than the rest of it's his It's really clothes. good looking. It's, I like his Buy More outfit. It's a nice look. Yeah. Are you, you, uh, you got a little bit of imported hard salami over there? I'm not going to dignify that with a response. Fine. So Chuck and Lou go to the club that Stavros owns, and it's the kind of fun club that you see on TV, but I have never found in real life. It reminded me of our club days. Do you remember those? <laughs> barely am i right Woo! oh man that sucked that was the worst um lou gives the bouncer to the club a kiss on the cheek and he lets her and chuck in immediately which is kind of weird because she said that stavros was really jealous of any new men in her life um and it's weird that someone employed by stavros would immediately like welcome and let her in with a new man to her ex's club but you know that guy has his prerogatives i guess Right, definitely weird, but I think even Stavros can kind of respect that Lou has found her timeless soulmate, and he's <laughs> like, oh, I'm just, he's just happy that she was reunited with that, that, uh, I guess, yeah, soulmate from another time, and he's like, you know, what do you do? Like, how can you be upset if your ex comes in with their soulmate that they've known through the ages, and their, their spirit has intertwined, and they're finally reunited in this incarnation, only for them to eventually age and die and lose each other and then eventually find each other again in the next life. This is beautiful. Is this the plot of a movie? I'm sure. Chuck and Nubu Lou through the ages. Um, Stavros shows up and he offers to buy Chuck a drink. Lou says no thanks, but Chuck is on his mission, so he says yes. Lou is a little angry about this. They go up to a kind of VIP area and Lou seems very uncomfortable. Chuck is doing his best to like get some information, but Stavros kind of derails all of it by calling Lou a fiery Italian, and then he refers to her once giving him a scar during makeup sex. A lot of imported hard salamis going on in this episode. I don't think you know what that means anymore. I got some feelings during the scene with Sarah and Casey in the stakeout um, outside the club. They're listening to Stavros give Chuck a neck massage, and Sarah says maybe she should go in. Casey makes a comment about how she always falls for a guy she works with, and she's like, what? No, I don't. <laughs> Bye. Um, and then she goes into the club to make sure Chuck is okay. Chuck goes over to talk to her, and while he does, Lou gets up to leave. 
And the most true thing that I noticed about this episode is how long it takes Lou to get out of this club. It's uh, always a nightmare getting out of a club. I can confirm that from our club days. It's kind of like maneuvering yourself out of pink leather skinny jeans, which is another 14-year-old Aaron tidbit of information I can offer. They were really cool. They were very cool skinny jeans. They're from Hot Topic. Was this around the same time that you were wearing fedoras and matching bikinis to the beach? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. I probably wore the skinny jeans with the bikini and the fedora at some point. It's trying oh. to be really cool. They were very cool. It was very hot, though. Like, it, it would have been too hot to wear them in the summer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Lou tells Chuck that the date is over, much like this bit, because <laughs> he spent the entire night talking to either his ex or hers. I think this is valid, although I can't imagine that they've been at the club for more than like half an hour at this point. So I don't know if Lou, what she says was fair, but oh well. Um, Chuck flashes on a guy who turns out to be Stavros's dad. Stavros and his dad start having a secret meeting in the VIP room. So Chuck tosses his guitar pin onto a drink tray so that they can overhear what is being said. He then runs out of the club, but he misses Lou because she leaves in a cab. Sarah and Casey roll up in their van, and they say, mission accomplished. Great job, Chuck. End of episode. End of episode. And, you know, that's, that's all that happens. Great. Everything is wrapped up nicely. Chuck did a great job. He did a spy thing. And everyone yeah. can go home, and Chuck lives his, his long, happy life with Lou until, once again, they age and die. <laughs> and each other into the void, only to somehow miraculously find each other again in the next life. Beautiful. Unfortunately, that's not what happens, because uh, after the club disaster... Lou was immediately killed. Maybe she's been killed because she is not answering her phone. Chuck keeps calling her and uh, getting interrupted by his spy friends. We have a good line from Sarah where she says, I never felt like our time together was work. Again, really sweet. I, I had a lot of feelings. Um, even though she clearly loves him, she also is, uh, trying to help him out in his situation with Lou, and based on some CIA intel, she tells Chuck Lou's favorite flower. Kind of sweet. Chuck buys some of those flowers and goes to the deli to apologize in person, and it prompts the question, once again, why does Chuck never have to work? He's the hardly working of the working hard or hardly working. Well, I guess since, uh, Harry Tang was removed from the buy more by Casey. I guess no one's really there to monitor Chuck's performance. That's fair. And they never will be. They never will be. Chuck has no conflict. He's just going in. Or I mean, it could be like, maybe we only see Chuck on his breaks, you know? We don't he know that. He has a lot of breaks. What are you trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to say Chuck's a bad employee. What? He sucks. Yeah, he's pretty bad at He's not a great buy more employee. No. And to think he applied to be the assistant manager. I know. It's a, sh- it's a sham. It's a shame. And a sham. <laughs> it's a sham. Wow. We have a scene that I think is kind of cute where Lou tells Chuck to take a number if he wants to talk to her at the deli. He does. And he waits for like 20 numbers. Then he gets called up and Lou is still angry with him. So she makes him take another number. Uh, When his number finally gets called, she's been sufficiently charmed, I guess, by how long he has uh, neglected his buy more duties and waited for her to want to talk to him. And there's some flirtatious sandwich ordering, which is a move that I think I need to learn, actually. At the end of all of this, he apologizes, Lou forgives him, and they start making out behind the deli. Super, super unsanitary. And Lou should know better. He's not even wearing like a hairnet. I can't believe for a moment I thought you were going to say, like, super, super steamy or super, super romantic. Don't be surprised. Uh, Meanwhile, Sarah and Casey break into the shipping container that we saw at the beginning, and uh, they have a bomb squad with them, and they're all ready to uh, defuse a bomb or whatever, but there's just a video camera in there. We find out that Stavros and his dad are on to Chuck and his team because they found the guitar pin, and they remember who was wearing it. So Sarah and Casey show up in Chuck's bathroom, and they say that they think that Lou set them up. Uh, They show Chuck a picture of Lou and Stavros exchanging money on the dock the night that everybody was at the club, and Chuck is upset by this, understandably. They have some intel, apparently, that Lou is meeting Stavros uh, that night, so they send Chuck in to see what's going on. He sees Stavros give Lou a box of something, and once Stavros is gone, Chuck confronts Lou because he thinks something illegal is in the boxes. As it turns out, it is something illegal because it's 
illegal imported hard salami made with no preservatives. That you can only get in Italy or just Greece? like Greece? I don't know. Europe, somewhere, somewhere not the US. Did you, were you tricked by this? Like, did you fall for what they were trying to do? Like, cause I, for a brief period of time, I was like, did Lou betray Chuck? Um, I didn't know because I, I just assumed from the episode title that it was going to be salami. You, so you just thought that that was going to be the moment that they revealed the, the basis of the episode title? Yeah. Yeah, I did. All right. That's fine. I was picking up what they were putting down. So first you're saying that you think Chuck is a bad employee. Now yeah. you're implying that I'm dumb. No, I would never imply that about you. You know, earlier when we said that you would never lie on the show, I think you're lying on the show right now. <laughs> Everyone in LA lies. Ooh, is that the tagline for our show? Yes. There it is. Go check yourself. Everyone in LA lies. I feel like that's, we should be like wearing trench coats and have like sunglasses and be leaning up against the maple. <laughs> uh, yep. yep, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful image. In the dark, seedy underbelly of Los Angeles, California, <laughs> two people rewatch Chuck and talk about it incessantly. They call it the City of Angels. But there are no angels here. <laughs> Go chuck yourself. Who would you want? Who, who would you want to play you in that that gritty re- reboot of Go Chuck Yourself? Ooh, like like Rashida Jones, but like like she's she's branching out. She's like trying to be like like serious now. I was kind of pegging you as more like a Liam Neeson type, but that's oh, so I can be a man. Yeah, sure. All right, well that changes anything. Can I be? Can Matt Bomber be me? Yeah, that's fine. You want to be Matt okay. Bomber? Yeah. Of USA Network suits? Yep, that's why I, he, can, he can even wear a suit when he uh, portrays me. Nice. Matt Bomber as Aaron Arada in Everybody Lies in LA. Yeah, what, do we, what do we talk about at this point? Where are we? Bring us back into the show. Uh, Chuck doesn't want Lou to get in trouble about her imported meat, so he takes off his bugged watch and he puts it in a glass of iced coffee that for some reason is just like in this alley, Um, but that shorts out the bug, I guess, so Sarah can't hear what's going on, so she decides she's going in. Chuck tells Lou, I made a really big mistake, and Lou's like, I guess I did too. Sick burn, Lou. Mm. Are they soulmates after all? Maybe not. We'll find out. Uh, Chuck has just enough time to tell Sarah that he blew it before Stavros shows up and puts both of them into his trunk. I have a little note here that all it says is, I'm into Stavros, but I am. He seemed like a, he seemed like a cool guy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a stab here and say you probably shouldn't hang out with guys that put people in their trunks. Probably not in your best interest. Yes, well, is he putting me in his trunk or just other people? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say both. All right, okay. I'll stay away from that type of person. Um, but while the uh, Stavros seems to have uh, some ulterior motives here because he, uh, he could put Sarah and Chuck into the trunk in any position, but he decides he's going to put them in a spooning position. He's, he's, like, uh, he's like the matchmaker. He wants it to happen. His methods are unorthodox, but God damn it, do they work. He's, he's the date doctor. Stavros, date doctor. Sarah and Chuck have a like, traditional like, couple with chemistry fight where Chuck admits that he ditched his watch and accuses Sarah of being jealous of Lou. He says he's sorry he can't be Mr. Perfect Spy like Bryce, and Sarah says, oh, who's jealous now? And they're like, they, they turn around from their position, so they're like nose to nose. It's kind of cute. Now we have come to the part of my notes. Anyone who's been watching along may have noticed that I just completely bypassed the uh, Morgan plotline that has been going on. Um, Or maybe you didn't, and that's probably for the best, because everyone should forget that this ever happened. But uh, in the interest of our sanity, I'm just going to throw it all out at you right now so that we can uh, rip it off like a Band-Aid. Right. So there's been, we have not been talking about it, but there has been a B-plot that has been interwoven with the Chuck, Lou, Sarah plot line throughout this episode, uh, starring Morgan and, uh, boy, some uh, hijinks that he gets into. There are some great hijinks. There are some great hijinks that make it really hard to find him a redeeming character after this episode. Aaron, take it away. Early in the episode, Morgan makes a move on Anna, and Anna uh, rejects him. A couple scenes later, Morgan tells Chuck that he tried to kiss Anna. Chuck says, wow, I didn't know you liked Anna. And Morgan says, I figured you have a girl. I should have a girl, too. So that's his first, uh, well, that's his first two 
points in the other category. So the scales are starting to tip, go a little bit uh, not in his favor. But, you know, maybe he could come back from it. Chuck tries to give Morgan a talk about being respectful to women, kind of. We kind of get an implication in a very, like, bumbled way that Morgan seems to kind of like Anna. But he's worried she's going to tell people about him trying to kiss her and that he's going to be embarrassed by this. He sees Jeff, Lester, and Anna laughing and goes up and is like, fine, okay, I tried to kiss Anna and she shot me down. As we all could have guessed, they're not actually laughing about this, so Morgan has just been the one to reveal that he tried to kiss Anna. Something weird about this was that they were all laughing about Chuck getting dumped by Lou, which Morgan doesn't even know at this point, so I don't know why, like, Jeff and Lester know, or why the uh, whole plaza seems to know, but maybe uh, Lou's uh, co-workers at the deli have been running their mouths later. Morgan is watching a wolf documentary alone in the home theater room. Anna comes in and sits down with him and he says, sorry, I jammed my tongue down your throat, which maybe he gets like a a half point for apologizing, but also he didn't, he didn't, like, I don't think they made physical contact. So his apology was incorrect. He should have apologized for like being creepy and or existing, not for something that he didn't do. I think that was a great description. To clarify for the the people listening at home, it cannot be understated how creepy Morgan is when he's trying to come on to Anna. Um, it's not just like a cute thing where he's like, you know, maybe they're going to kiss or whatever. They're basically sitting. It's just them and they're sitting in the home theater room, right? And nothing is going on. There is no chemistry. There does not seem to be anything really happening in between the two of them. And then Morgan, would you agree, forces himself onto Anna and tries to kiss her completely unprompted? Yeah, yeah, I guess that, that's, a, that's a good way of describing it. I think we could be harsher on Morgan for this because I was like screaming at my TV like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like, because we, long-time listeners of the show know that we have some issues with Morgan um, being kind of creepy and sexist and weird. And this kind of just tipped the scale for me of being like, are you kidding me? It's it's great, though, because he doesn't get rewarded for his behavior at all. Nothing good comes of it. And we all, like, everyone just acknowledges that he's a bad and shitty person. And uh, he, he does not, he definitely does not get together with Anna at the end of this episode. Right. That would be, you know, that would uh, almost be as bad as him getting on the Supreme Court in a few seasons, which, of Ooh. course, longtime listeners know about. Later on in the show, Chuck, uh, or sorry, Morgan is uh, nominated to the Supreme Court. A little bit of topical humor for you there. I'm laughing through my tears. Aren't we all? I'm going to just quickly finish this. I'm going to say it as fast as possible. If you want to listen to it at 1.5 speed to get it over with, great. Morgan is watching this wolf documentary. He says something about how the lone wolf does it right, jumping from mate to mate so he never gets hurt. Anna says maybe, but the lone wolves are also lonely. Have we gotten any indication at all that this is what's going on with Morgan? Is there any reason for him to say this? Probably not. Uh, Anyway, they kiss. And, uh, you know, that's what happens. Chris seems to be going into epileptic shock right now. I hate it so much. It's not good, but we're going to move on. We're going to pretend it didn't happen. All right. It's, I did not think that it was going to be this, uh, that there were going to be these uh, difficult moments while rewatching Chuck. I was not prepared for these kinds of moments. Yeah, uh, that, was, uh, that was the purpose of our podcast, but Chris was not prepared. <sighs> sorry. I'm sorry that you have to see this. Okay. I didn't like, I didn't like Morgan. Like, I, mean, I mean, like I was generally ambivalent to Morgan in my f- first viewing of Chuck, but this time around, it's, it's just kind of upsetting. Not good. But things are things are things, so why don't we continue? Uh, Casey does a pretty good job here. Uh, he, he does some spy work. He pretends to be with the FDA, and he goes to lose Delhi, and he threatens her with prison time unless she tells him the pier where she's been meeting Stavros. We cut next to a scene where Stavros and his dad and their henchmen have Sarah and Chuck tied to chairs. And something really weird happened with my Amazon feed here, where the scene was entirely, it it was done like it sounded like the teachers and Charlie Brown talking, like it was like, wah, wah, wah. And I I could see subtitles, so I thought maybe it wasn't supposed to be like that, but I also spent 30 seconds thinking like, oh, like, maybe they've been drugged and they can't hear anything, but then I was confused about, like, why there were subtitles then, and if, like, some subtitle author had, like, been reading people's lips and why they thought that was necessary in a scene where everyone was drugged, but uh, I'm just a dumbass. 
So uh, in the actual scene, I saw that Chug and Sarah were tied up in some kind of warehouse. Stavros's dad is threatening to have his henchmen torture Sarah with a drill. But Chuck flashes on one of the guys and sees that he, like, killed the family and sold their heirlooms or something. Then Chuck flashes on another guy and sees that he was paid a bunch of money to kill some other guy. And he starts, like, flashing on everyone and revealing their secrets as a way of distracting people enough so that Sarah can try to escape. This is a good plan until uh, Scooter's long-lost brother shows up with a beta iPad and says that the package has arrived. Right, I was, because at this point, we kind of know Stavros's click a little bit. We know his dad, we know the other big bodyguards that he hangs out with. And then all of a sudden, there's this guy who looks like if you went to the Halloween store and bought a costume for, like, nerd. Yeah. Did that, give to this guy. He had, like, a blonde bowl cut and glasses and just like a sweater vest and was like, oh, I don't know about this guy. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? Why are they hanging out with him? He, uh, yep, he just, uh, he knows the package has arrived. He's that guy. Stavros' dad says that they're going to have to kill Sarah and Chuck, and they're about to, but then Casey shows up. Sarah gets out of her ropes. There's a big fight. Uh, Chuck is still tied up and in his rolly chair, so Sarah kicks him and he goes rolling away. This was the point, which I don't know if this happened to you, but I remembered what episode this was and what was about to happen, and I got very excited. I did not. I was just enjoying the badass gunfight that was going on. Not unlike the action featured in Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Gotta get those Call of Duty bucks. Gotta get those sponsors. Hi, Call of Duty. Modern Warfare, the only Call of Duty game that I have played. (laughs) Uh, Sarah and Chuck, uh, once Chuck gets out of his chair, they start running towards where the bomb is. Sarah doesn't want Chuck to get blown up because he's the intersect, but he says that because he's the intersect, he might know how to defuse the bomb. Uh, the bomb is this massive, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a shaped like an egg, I guess. Like, it's really big, and it's only got 59 seconds left. Chuck is trying to make himself flash, but he can't. Sarah orders him to leave. Chuck says no. Sarah pulls a gun on him, and he makes fun of her, and she says, oh, why are you so stubborn? And he says, I guess you just bring out the worst in me. And she says, you and me. And then the bomb is about to go off, and it's got, like, two seconds left, and Chuck closes his eyes, and then Sarah kisses him. The kiss is their first kiss. Erin is as giddy as she sounds right now. I am. I was very excited. Chris, I I want right now, let's uh, rank the best... Kisses in television history. Go. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure Tina Fey kisses someone at some point in 30 Rock. Oh, that's probably true. I think Jim and Pam maybe kiss in The Office. Oh, they do. That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Uh, Ross and... Uh, and uh, oh, no. yeah, Ross and... Ross and uh, oh, God. Of space. Rachel. Ross and Rachel kiss at some point in the history of Friends. Um, there's uh, another kiss that is in the television show, um, The Jersey Shore. There are a lot of kisses in that show. There are a lot of kisses. I heard the original title for that show was, uh, was uh, Kissy Kissy Beach. That would be so sweet. That would be a very sweet show. Kissy Kissy Beach. Um, I was just going to tell you my favorites, uh, which now I feel because they're genuine, but uh, Nick and Jess's first kiss in New Girl is amazing. It's great. And there's a kiss... Uh, Two characters in the newsroom, Don and Sloan. It's great. Sorry for those spoilers, but uh, good kisses. But this is coming in, uh, in my personal favorite TV kisses, this is coming in at a cool number three. Uh, I guess I haven't been keeping track of my favorite TV kisses, so maybe I'll start doing that and I'll get back to you. Yeah, you can report back in the next time Chuck and Sarah kiss. You can report back. <laughs> That's not any time at all. Uh, it might be, though, because we get uh, some, some cool twists at the end. Sarah says after they kiss, uh, oh, so I should clarify that the bomb doesn't go off. It just uh, counts down to zero. And so Chuck and Sarah have kissed. They have not exploded. Um, Sarah says the good news is we're alive. The bad news is this is kind of an uncomfortable moment. Chuck says it's completely comfortable on my end, which I thought was a good line from him. Uh, he goes in the next scene to talk to Lou. Casey told Lou that Chuck was an undercover FDA agent, so he kind of gets out of the doghouse and they break up. He tells her, you are everything I'm looking for. I just can't look right now. I like that. It was nice. It was as, like, if someone were to break up with me using, like, a very well-written line, I'd be like, can I be mad? It's kind of nice. It's kind of a nice thing. Can I be mad? 
can you give me a sandwich? Yeah, that's my uh, relationship motto. You know, I'm starting to think that Chuck and Lou aren't soulmates. Oh no. I'm sorry you had to find out this way, especially after the Morgan plotline. You just, they're kicking you when you're down. There's just so many emotions in this episode. There's just so much sexual tension. And then a lot of imported hard salami. Lots of imported hard salami everywhere. Chuck's got some imported hard salami. Morgan definitely has some imported hard salami. I stopped taking notes that were in any way coherent at this point because I didn't remember this part of the ending. But we go to uh, Sarah and Casey are uh, going to see the bomb and like what what the deal is with the bomb. They find out it's not actually a bomb. It's like a uh, weird cryogenic container. And the uh, countdown was of an oxygen supply, which it apparently ran out a couple hours ago. So I don't know how anyone is alive in there, but someone is. And you know who it is? It's Matt Bomber and he's ready to suit up. End of episode. End of episode, Matt Bomber, of course, playing Bryce Larkin, Chuck's uh, frenemy. Yeah, they're frenemies, much like us. Much like us. We, uh, Aaron and I are pleased to announce that we recently decided that we are frenemies. Uh, so we're very excited to share that with the world. Hey, Aaron, yeah. you suck. Yeah, jerk. Hey, you want to hang out sometime? Yeah, okay. All right, How about cool. right now? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Frenemies. Frenemies. Yeah, I totally forgot that uh, Bryce was coming back. Uh, I knew that it, it happened at some point. I guess I just didn't remember that it happened this early in the show. And I definitely did not expect it to happen at this moment. So I was like, Blah. There are a lot of implications here because we, Chuck seems to think, and maybe Sarah also thought too, that like they would be, like they've kissed now. So like clearly she has feelings for him, but now her uh, ex-boyfriend is back from the dead. Casey is also confused. He says, didn't I kill him? You did, Casey. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's upsetting for Casey. You know, you yeah. think you get that kill and then it just uh, disappears. Much like in Call of Duty 4. <laughs> took my joke. Sorry. I saw, I saw it wash over your face as I stole your joke. You saw the inspiration light up in my eyes and you just had to suck it out because we're frenemies. Yep. Oh, I hate you so much. All right, we got to take a break and then we'll be right back with more Go Chuck Yourself. Hey, folks, we're back with Go Chuck Yourself talking about Chuck versus the imported hard salami. That is, of course, episode nine of season one of Chuck. I don't know. I didn't say this at the top of the episode, but this is uh, the show where we watch and analyze and recap Chuck 11 years after it premiered. If that was unclear, we apologize. Uh, also, you may need to, uh, I don't know, go see a doctor maybe. But before you head out to the doctors, why don't you get a prescription for information with our own Erin Rada and her segment, Interesting Information. Hi guys, welcome to my segment. Welcome into my home. Uh, we have a, a real quick one today. It's just some uh, topical information. So topical interesting information I wanted to share. Um, these are all announcements that have been made recently um, in the month of October or maybe September, depending on uh, you know Google. But I wanted to let you know that uh, Vic Sahe, who, pay, who plays Lester, is going to be in the new Captain Marvel movie that was announced recently. So that's pretty exciting. Continuing the trend of Chuck actors being in superhero movies, shows, whatever, uh, Matt Bomber is going to be in the new Doom Patrol. Um, so we're piling that up on top of Zach Levi being in Shazam. So that's uh, that's three of them that are in things. I hope that this trend continues. I tried to Google all the actors' names and if they were in any upcoming or past superhero projects. They weren't, but you know, that's fine. Um, but the most important, interesting information that I have to offer, and I have to uh, apologize to you, Chris. I, I know that you uh, know what I'm about to say and you're looking pretty sad, but uh, our, our good friend, uh, Yvonne Strahovski, I would like to offer her some, some congratulations because she had her first child, a son, two weeks ago. I hope she names it Chuck. Uh, well, she'd be an idiot if she didn't name it Chuck. <laughs> she didn't name it Chuck, Chuck Casey, um, and then I guess the last name would be Harry Tang, Chuck Casey Harry Tang. Great name. The first, obviously. <laughs> um, this, I, I am, I'm happy for her. I, the only reason, I guess, uh, that I'm upset 
not upset. I just kind of, we, so we were going to record this episode last week. Um, yes. And then unrelated in the time that I was not recording Chuck, I still needed to get my Chuck fix in. So I was spending some time uh, researching Chuck and going down a, a Chuck internet hole. And while I was in that Chuck internet hole, I found out that she was expecting. Um, and I was like, oh, that's great. Like, good for her. And then, like, when I went to, like, I was like, oh, I wonder when she's going to have her baby. And then as I was looking into it, then I found out that she had already had the baby. So, like, I experienced the entire range of emotions <laughs> in about two minutes. So I, expected, I, ex- I experienced, like, nine months of her pregnancy in two minutes. And it was just mind-blowing. Because I went from thinking, like, oh, there's going to be this new human. And then all of a sudden, this new human's here. And it just really took an emotional toll on me. But I am, I am very happy, and that's great. And I uh, really feel kind of silly that we didn't know about this uh, ahead of time. That took us this long to figure it out. But there you Her go. baby is so cute. I'm looking at pictures of him right now. And I'm also looking at a picture of the breakfast in bed that her husband brought her, which is eggs and avocado and some bread and some coffee. It lo- this, this is great. This is so nice. I'm going to follow her on Instagram now. Cute baby. Very cute. Congratulations, Yvonne. Is that what you're commenting on her picture? <laughs> yeah, I'm writing it right now. Cute, cute baby. baby. Cute baby. Very cute. Congratulations. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yeah, well, that, that's interesting information for you. It's interesting information for me last week as I went to my emotional turmoil. Not turmoil, but just uh, really kind of confused as I sat awake alone in my apartment. It was just like, wow, what the, what the, what the fuck just happened? Much like a lone wolf. Much like a lone wolf, except I don't go around assaulting people. Anyhow, the next segment of the show is what we call Chuck Mary Kill. And uh, um, typically at this point of the show, I would talk about wanting to marry Sarah. Um, but that seems unbecoming uh, because she, the, the actress, of course, is now a, a new mother. And uh, I would not want to marry her and ruin her loving relationship and her new family. So I will find someone else to marry in the Chuck universe uh, maybe Big Mike. I don't know. That'd be a change of pace. Anyhow, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, an element of the show that we would like to marry and an element of the episode that we would like to kill. Uh, and the show, of course, is Chuck, hence Chuck, Mary kill. Thanks I for explaining that. That was unclear. I explain this every week in incredible detail. Yes. So who would you uh, like to marry? Uh, this week... I was quite smitten. Again, I know I marry this a lot, so I think it's actually getting pretty serious, but I really liked Casey's humor. I thought they gave Casey some pretty solid jokes. Um, Those include um, when Casey is listening to Chuck in the nightclub and Stavros is talking about how skinny Chuck's neck is. Casey just kind of mutters to himself. Um, Yeah, he he does have a small neck. (laughs) I thought it was funny. and then also like moments after when they're talking about, he and Sarah are talking about Sarah falling for guys that she works with. He goes, just for the record, not interested. Yeah, I thought you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Which I also thought was very funny. And then I think later when he's like, I think he's listening to Chuck again, maybe. I think in his apartment, I don't remember, but Casey's just smoking a cigar, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Not that cool. Kids listening, don't smoke. It's bad for your health. But if you are going to smoke, smoke a cigar because it makes you look like a boss. <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. Casey, Casey was not in this episode a ton, but he did really good things when he was. So I liked that about him. Right. I just, <clears throat> I really enjoy how they, because um, in the early episodes, they didn't do a ton with Casey and they kind of made him like Casey's tone was kind of very jerkish, but I feel mm-hmm. like they have done a good job of making it funny and he's yes. a comic relief. I agree. What about you, Aaron? I would like to wed in holy matrimony the um, two men that Lou works with in her deli. I thought they were uh, they were some older gentlemen and they were pretty sweet. Um, the two things that I liked that they did were when uh, when Chuck is trying to talk to Lou and is failing. Um, the one of the guys comments, "Well, buddy, looks like you're gonna have to take another number." I liked that. And then I also liked when uh, Chuck gets back into Lou's good graces and he's flirtatiously ordering a sandwich, one of the deli guy's comments, he had me at pastrami. So I liked that. I liked that they had Lou's back. I liked that they were kind of like, like protecting her from unwanted advances. But then I liked, uh, they, they like pastrami. 
they're they're good guys. I would I would like to marry them, or they could be my dads. Either one. <laughs> they could be your your husband fathers. Yes. Uh, of course, we apologize if you are a member of a cult that has a figure known as the husband father. Uh, if you're listening to this and you need help, please contact us and we will try to help we will, you. We will try. Um, but you might be beyond help. Uh, but if you are in a cult and you listen to the show, we're glad you're listening and we hope you enjoy it. And we hope that it provides a reprieve from your life being in a cult with the but what if, father. What if the cult is Go Chuck Yourself based? The cult revolves around us. Yeah, they worship us. Well, that's okay then. Are you their husband father? <laughs> you know, I just might be. You know <laughs> what you mentioning those gentlemen working at the deli makes me think of? I, I really could have gone for a scene where the two guys just take Chuck out back and just beat the hell out of him because <laughs> he's messing with Lou. And Chuck like gets a black eye and just like gets all scruffled up and has to go on his day after getting the, the crap kicked out of him by two deli employees. Well, it would be nice. It would kind of explain the title a little more because if they beat him with the salami, then we would really get to see how it's hard. Because we get to see that it's imported and we get to see that it's salami, but nobody kind of puts their hands on it. So we don't know that it's hard. We, we really need that to get a feel for it, you know? You know, sometimes I really, I think about the show and I'm like, you know, is it really contributing anything to society? But then I think about the hard hitting criticism that we provide here. Who or what about this episode would you like to kill? All right, let's say it together now. One, two, three, Morgan. All the sexual politics in the by more in this episode were just no good. Yeah, literally every step of it is bad from it's like the beginning where he forces her himself onto her unwelcomed to the second part where he's kind of doing damage control and trying to convince people that what he did was not creepy and not bad and that it shouldn't reflect or affect his uh, reputation to the third and final part where it works out for him. And it's okay because Anna, for some reason, you know, is peer pressured into thinking that because Morgan was forcing himself onto her, that that means that he cares about her. So she's going to support that and embrace it. And I will, um, I will add a B, a B caveat to this. That's not how words work. There are a lot of B's in this episode. <laughs> I will um, add on to this that I don't love uh, Jeff and Lester either, especially uh, Lester's advance on to Sarah. So I'll just include in this, um, everyone who is not Chuck, who is a man in this episode. No, that's not true, because I like Stavros. And Casey. Casey's fine. Okay. Any Buy More employee who we see on screen for more than five seconds who is not Chuck and is not Casey uh, is no good in this episode, and I would kill all of them. I also, I just want to point out, none of what Morgan does is good or fine, and I am not condoning it in any way, Mm -hmm. but I think it's absurd that up to this point in the show, Morgan has had more chemistry with Ellie than he has with the girl who he is now ending up with. And that's weird. They didn't set up for this at all. It's really weird. It never could. They did come up in a few episodes ago where they had that chemistry. And then I don't think, and we were talking about how like, oh, I don't think that ever comes back. I, I, I still don't think, think it, it does. Comes back. But yeah, that's like the most chemistry he had. Yeah. And just suddenly they were just like, oh, Morgan needs... A girlfriend, I guess. And they went about it in the worst way possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it was... I don't know if it it wouldn't have been funny, like, 11 years ago. I don't think it's funny now. It just was very bizarre. I, You know, I... It's fascinating seeing how things have progressed to some extent, where that's, like, you know, such a red flag now that we both kind of pick up on it, and we're like, that's bad. Like... Not to pat ourselves on the back, but it's definitely good that hopefully we and other people viewing can identify, as we have, why that's wrong on so many different levels. Absolutely agree. So that that brings us to uh, Chris is patting himself on the back, and that brings us to the final part of our episode, Does It Hold Up? That's right. Do we think it holds up? Um, Hey, can we do a mini segment before that? Sure. It's called, Is He Still Standing? He is still standing, everyone. I'm happy to report that uh, it's it's been very jarring for me because he has uh, been moving a lot more than usual. He's right now doing, he looks kind of like Tom Cruise. He's doing like a dance. <laughs> He's doing some kind of like Doctor Strange hand motions. Um, can you do the robot for a second? 
yep, he's doing the robot. He's really, he's going for it. Quality content for this audio only program. Yes. So, uh, yep, Chris is still standing. Yep. Just wanted to make sure I pointed that out. I have not sat down for the entire duration of this recording, which as, uh, you know, longtime fans of this show know that recordings of this show can go on for six to seven hours at any given time. And we trim it down to only the best for your listening pleasure. So it's been a long day, but I'm happy that we're, we're reaching the end. Yep. So how, how does it feel? How, how does it feel to have stood the entire episode? Good. I think I'm going to have to try it out more often. I really feel like I'm prepared for anything that you can throw at me. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, if you threw something literally at me from Los Angeles, <laughs> I am not prepared for that. But figuratively, <laughs> I think I can hold on to it. In terms of the show, I think that it does hold up minus the whole Morgan B-plot. I thought like if you just remove that entire thing completely and only look at Chuck, Sarah, Casey, Lou, and then Bryce, mm-hmm. I think it holds up. And I would continue to watch it. I'm intrigued to see the next episode because obviously they end on a cliffhanger with Bryce and also Chuck and Sarah's kiss. Yes. Stuff going on. I got to know what happens next. I would say for me that the last three minutes of the episode held up and the rest of it I was a little disappointed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love where it's going. I got very excited with the kiss and with Bryce. I think that's all awesome. So I would definitely keep watching but i i thought the episode as a whole was a little bit weak um i had really liked lou's character in the last episode i thought that a lot of great things were uh set up for and i didn't feel like uh they were capitalized on as much as i would want them to be and then just all the morgan stuff was a lot of time spent on something that was gross that i didn't want to see so uh it's it's mixed for me this week Mm-hmm. I would. It's okay if you say a no. It's okay. I think. I mean, I've said. I've said no's. I've said a no. Right. So it sounds like a no to me. Well, it's a no, but I did really like the end. Okay. So if it was just like a very quick three-minute episode, where uh, Chuck and Sarah kiss, there's uh, Bryce is in a, a little egg thing, and that's it. That's all that happens. Uh, I think that episode does exist, and I'm pretty sure it's called Chuck Porn. So go ahead and check that out. I'm going to look into it. Uh, I think it's probably still called Chuck versus the Imported Heart Salami. (laughs) Well, I think it's time that we quit while we're ahead. Or perhaps you think that we're not ahead and you think that we've actually fallen behind. Let us know. Tweet at us. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. We really would. Really, we would. Please. Really, please. Especially, especially if you're in a cult. We, we, do, we do take this very seriously, and we will help you. Right. We do respond to 100% of the cult-related uh, queries that we re- receive. Yes, absolutely. To date, I think we've rescued, what, it's like 65 people from cults, I think? 65 people and one beagle. Oh, right. The be- I forgot about the beagle. That was a, <laughs> that was a wacky time. It was. That's, we'll tell you about it sometime. That's a story for another episode. For... All of us here at Go Check Yourself, I'm Chris Gillespie, wishing you to remember that food is sexy. (laughs) And I'm Erin Arata, uh, celebrating with you the fact that anything is possible. That's right. Anything is possible. Anything. Even us leaving. Bye. Thanks for listening, and uh, we love you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to freemusicarchive.org and the artist Hadakoa for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. Make sure to email us at gochuckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and tweet at us at gochuckpodcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and write a review if that's something you need to do. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.